Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. Uh, welcome back to another session of Practical Reliability, um, a podcast brought to you by Reliability X. I'm Joe Anderson, and with me is George Williams. How are you doing, George? I'm uh, doing great today, Joe. Awesome. And today we're going to pick up on our series on planning. Uh, Today we're going to get into job plans, nice. which will be very exciting. Yeah, they're, they're important. So, George, let me ask, uh, when it comes to job plans, uh, kind of where do you start? So I think that there's two schools of thought on job plans, right? So um, there's the job plans associated with like PM tasks that are set up in the system and and getting the strategy down so that you can execute your PMs. And then there's uh, job plans associated with non-PM work. Um, and I think the, the planner role is kind of in both depending on the size of your organization, but the, the approach is very similar, right? So uh, I think planning out how you're going to save your job plans is really important. If you're a paper-based maintenance organization, you probably have files for the equipment uh, and making sure the job plans are included in those filing systems is important. If you are a computerized maintenance management system organization, a CMMS or an EAM organization, then they house the job plans in some sort of a library. Being able to find and get those job plans back out of the library is really critical, so you got to have some methodology to save them. So I think uh, where to start for me is just understanding what your file system is going to be so that it doesn't become disorganized on you as you go down this path. I know we're talking about the job plan itself, but if you don't save it appropriately or store it the way you need to store it, they're going to be hard to recall. You can't just call, you know, in your CMS 50 different job plans and say pump repair. It's just going to be really hard to find the one that you're looking for. So do a little bit of homework up front and a thought process around how you want to name uh, or number your job plan so that it makes sense to you, I think, is a really good place to start. Right. That makes sense. So then from there, um, let's move to, say, a job walkdown. How, how would that work? So from a planning perspective, the, the job walkdown is really critical. Um, for the jobs that need to be walked down, the planner has to prepare uh, what type of information they expect to gather. And in a lot of cases, you can either download a form or inside some books on planning and scheduling where they can contact us at Reliability X and we can help them put together a form uh, of all the things they need to understand, uh, what type of parts they might need, what type of permits they might need, what skill set somebody would have to have in order to execute the job. Uh, and then really, you know, if there are measurements that need to be taken or if what, what the steps would be to execute the job at a high level, just kind of jot those things down. I think the other, the other piece is, um, is, is planning that job walk with other jobs that are in that area. So from an efficiency perspective as a planner, sure. um, just because this job came in today and the next job that comes in is a different area of the plant, you don't necessarily have to walk the whole plant back and forth, kind of wait till some jobs get grouped together and walk them all down uh, in a route scenario. Makes sense. What about uh, getting other people included when uh, doing the walk down? <laughs> Would you do that or say uh, maybe a technician? Um, even though you could be skilled, uh, there's a possibility that somebody might have a better expertise in one area or another. Maybe you need to get quality or safety involved or something like that. 
I certainly think there's there's um, depends on the job, right? Sure. So each job is is uh, unique in what you may or may not need, right? If I'm replacing a ballast in a in a in a, in a light fixture, I don't sure. necessarily think I need uh, uh, the technician to come down and show me how to do it. But it Makes all depends sense. on the planner's skill sets and what's needed for the job. So if the job requires a job hazard analysis, then maybe you want to consult somebody from safety to make sure that you're putting a plan together effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, if it's on a piece of equipment, you already have a lockout-tagout procedure for that piece of equipment. A job plan just references the lockout-tagout procedure. But if not, uh, then the planner has to identify those as well, where, where are all the hazards and how do you lock them out. Um, I think from a technical perspective, some jobs may require you to bring a technician along if it's too technically complicated for the planner. As a rule of thumb, I'd say if you need to consistently do that, you have the wrong planner. I agree there. If, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've actually been to places where they have a requirement that the technician walk the job down with the planner. Now imagine that, right? So, so every job that the planner goes to walk down in order to create what they call the, a work packet, the, the technician has to go with the planner. If you're doing that 100% of the time, I would say make the technician the planner and get rid of the planner because right. it's not very effective. You're tying up your resources yeah. and the whole point is to become more efficient. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, I agree there. How, so, about, how about in terms of, of um, permits and how to identify permit areas? What was, what's your experience in that? Well, again, if you have the right planner... Uh, they would normally know what things are required in what area, but if they don't, I would definitely reach out to a subject matter expert, whether it's safety, uh, maybe hot work permits, or like you said, JHAs or JSAs or any of those types of things, uh, as well as maybe quality, depending on um, the industry that you're in, right? So uh, food safety could be a concern and we as technicians in food, I can speak from experience, aren't as well versed in quality as we should be. Uh, so does this impact quality? Whereas in pharma, you're more regulated. Um, normally SOPs, you can, you can find that information. So it kind of depends on uh, the industry. Um, you know, oil and gas would be different because quality is a completely different subject. Um, so it just kind of depends, but you need to make sure, um, that if you don't know, you know, what resources, uh, you have at your disposal and the ability to contact those people when needed. So the walk down, you know, I, some of the things I get when I teach courses and planning and scheduling, the questions I get are really around how much of the work should be walked down. Um, and, and. You know, just like anything else, your size of your organization, the size of the company, how long the planner's been there, they're all factors in whether or not the jobs need to be walked down. But at some point, most of what we do every day is repetitive. Yeah. We're not in a scenario, in at least in industry, where you're at a plant level, where the job is unique every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's the onus of the planner to take that walk down information, create a job plan, it gets saved in the library. So next time they don't have to do a full walk down of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, the goal, at least from my perspective, is to make sure that the planner's at their desk 80% of the time. It's not always practical, at least especially starting up and, and just coming into planning. If you're if you don't already have that library built, you're going to spend an, uh, an extensive amount of time. Yeah, eighty yeah. percent of your time is going to be on the floor. Right. Right. Developing the job plans. 
No, I agree. Nice. So what what uh, what details like? Um, so we're going to create a job plan. What what functional detail level information needs to be on there? So we talked about the permits that are required. We talked about um, the job steps a little bit. What else do we have to include in a job plan? Well, this is uh, can be debated, uh, but given my background, uh, depends on how well the work order is written. Um, and then from the PM perspective, how well is the PM written? So you might include uh, standard work, um, uh, PM tasking, those types of things. But it, it I guess, kind of depends, right? It depends on the maturity of your program and those types of things. But I would definitely want, at least from a work order perspective, to have some sort of standardized work. So, um, for example, you give a work order to change a bearing on a conveyor to a senior technician uh, versus a junior technician. The junior technician, not knowing any better, might disassemble the whole machine just to replace a bearing, right? And the senior technician has gone, no, there's two bolts here. You loosen it and you pop it off. So um, being able to standardize that work and, and using that senior technician, if the planner's not capable, which he should be, to say... All right, all you do, you know, these two bolts get loosened. This bearing slides off here. You put this size bearing back on. You know, get as, as detailed as you can. That makes sense. Right. Um, torque specs, those types of things. Yeah. Uh, what size of, of uh, wrench and uh, what size of bolts. How know. about the wrench itself? What about should they be identifying on the job plan the parts or the, the specialty tools? Specialty and- tools for sure. And it's always helpful to add... Uh, you know, a size of tool that they might need, um, which is always great. But the downfall of that is uh, some of these guys, depending on the culture, will just show up with a three-quarter inch wrench, not understanding that they may need something else because not all job plans aren't perfect. It's the job of the maintenance technician to give that feedback to the planner to update the job plan. So, yeah. and, and as a rule of thumb, I think I, you know, if it's expected to be on the technician or in the technician's cart or on the technician's truck, you don't list it. But if it's something that you're yeah. signing out of the storeroom, um, like say a healthy gun or, you know, a, a, an ultrasound gun or an infrared yeah. camera, something that you're going to issue out as a part and then expect it returned at the end of the, of the, of the job, then, and those types of things I would expect to be listed on the on the job plan itself. And that, again, it depends on maturity. So if I have all entry-level mechanics, I might want that level of detail uh, just to make it easier on them until it becomes a habit and they understand uh, those types of things. Where if my uh, workforce is 10 years, uh, I don't need that level of detail. So it just kind of depends on where you're at. But um, What about... Um, uh, technicians, skill sets, crafts, that type of stuff? Definitely. Um, you want to plan the job. The, the way I've always, the advice I've always given my planners is plan the job as if your level one or your junior technician is going to do it, although it might be a job for a senior technician. So understanding the level of skill that you need will determine um, who does that work, uh, depending on the, how complicated it is. Yeah, I think 
so I've always said that uh, a technician can ignore information mm -hmm. that exists in a job plan. Uh, and I don't mean that in the execution of it, right? You still want to sign off, especially if you're a pharma, but you want to sign off on all the steps. But they can ignore other details like uh, what's, what tools are necessary or uh, things of that nature. But they can never you can never add it to give somebody knowledge that didn't have it, right? right. So if you don't put it on the paper or put it on the job plan, then you can't assume that somebody knows it, right? Sure. Um, and we'll have a whole nother discussion, I think, in another series that talks about the level of detail of the job plan step. So we're mm -hmm. not really discussing that. But, um, I, yeah, it's really important to kind of gain that balance. And as you work with the technical staff, you'll get a better understanding of what level of detail they require to get the job done right. And like you said, if they're giving you feedback, then you can make the adjustments appropriately. Sure. And especially important if you hire someone from the outside to become a planner. Because they're not going to know the crew, and that right. so it takes time to get to know all that stuff. No matter the level of experience they have, and their greatness in developing job plans, it, it still doesn't matter. One of the hardest things to do as a planner is to really gain the respect of the of the staff, especially if you're coming in from the outside. And you know, when I when I first was a planner, uh, I had already worked in the organization as a technician. Uh, Actually, I was a painter and then a carpenter and then a nighttime PM crew and then day shift mechanic and then a pipe fitter <laughs> before I became a planner. <laughs> so I had worked, I, I had come from a multi-craft background and kind of moved in the organization a lot. So I knew a lot of the people, but that's not always the case. And so uh, as a planner coming out of, uh, say, the mechanical background, if you're trying to do plans for controls or for the, for the HVAC crew, it doesn't always work out that way. You've got to kind of earn your, some respect there and, and really work with them. And I think your ability to communicate with, the, with that team and set a level of expectation of what your expertise is is important. If you're a planner coming out of the mechanical crew and you have to plan for the HVAC crew, you should be open and honest and say, look, this isn't my wheelhouse, mm -hmm. but I'm going to work with you and we're going to get things where they need to be. And that's where... Uh... You know, understanding those resources and who they are, or at least who to contact to get you uh, around the right resources is very important, uh, especially coming from the outside. Or even in large organizations, I could move from one department to the other um, and take a planning job, and you know nothing at that point. So you don't know the processes, you don't know the people. Uh, you might be the greatest at what you did where you were. But you got to utilize your resources appropriately. Awesome. So I think in conclusion, we want to make sure that we're uh, developing a filing system, whether it's electronic or on paper, appropriate for job plans. Uh, we want to get the right level of information on a job plan to include things like the job plan steps, uh, any job hazard analysis. Uh, get the right people involved if you don't have the technical skill sets mm -hmm. uh, and just make sure you're communicating well and updating those job plans as you as you move through the process. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot for another fantastic discussion and thanks to everybody who's listening. And uh, again, uh, I'm George Williams. This is Joe Anderson and we're Reliability X uh, and you are listening to Practical Reliability. Good day. For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success.